This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I feel like I say that a lot, though, because we never have, like, here's the set, how we run our podcast, it seems. But we're going to be sharing some good news. And this was inspired by a podcast listener who wrote in and said, could you share some good things that have happened over the last few months? And I thought, we all could use some good news. So we're going to just be focusing on good news, some some fun things and good things that are happening in our home. And I hope it encourages you to also think of what are some pieces of good news in your life as well. But before we dive into that, Jesse, this week was a little, it's hard to describe what this week was. I would feel like it's a lot of things happened and a lot of things didn't happen that we thought were going to happen. We thought Mm -hmm. that reunification was going to be happening for Champ this week. We're actually recording this before Thanksgiving. This is not going to go up until after Thanksgiving. But we waited every day thinking that text was going to come and it didn't come. (laughs) So it's nothing like psyching yourself all up emotionally for handling this big change Mm -hmm. to then not have it happen. Yeah. And in fact, as you were saying that, it just occurred to me, that's kind of how it all started too. You know, we got the news that Champ was needing help and needing care and crickets for three weeks, a month. And so 
you know, it's it's almost you get notice of what's going to happen and it's hurry up and wait. So, well, and I think with foster care, it's there's so many unknowns. You just never know. And so you don't want to think, well, they said it's probably going to happen, but then it's probably not going to happen. And then not emotionally prepare your heart. And then it happens sooner than right. you expect. And mm-hmm. so I think it's you'd better you'd rather err on the side of emotionally preparing your heart. But we did kind of those last things. We went to Build-A-Bear and we got matching bears for all of the kids just to have some memento to just hold on to. This was something that a lot of foster moms recommended to me. And then also we had family pictures taken. And so it was a lot of those kind of last things that we wanted to do, but we just, we don't know how much longer he's going to be in our home. And it's kind of, instead of one day at a time, I feel like we're at one hour at a time right now. But so that was our week. I feel like it was an emotional roller coaster. But Jesse, you also got to sub at school this mm-hmm. week. I yep. haven't even gotten to talk to you about how that went. It went really, really well. We were, uh, I was subbing for a math teacher that uh, was getting married this weekend. And it was three different grades, I think it was, that came through. And so it, it was a lot of fun. Did you feel like you remembered all of no. the math things? You, you no. Remember? In fact, I told him, I said, you know what? Talk to your teacher when she comes back because I might just have messed you up. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you did great. What's saving your life this week? Well, actually, this week specifically would be my iPhone case, the actual Apple iPhone case. I was trying to think how long ago it was that we started getting these, but we used to get like the Mophie battery cases. And then Apple came out with their own battery case because the Apple iPhone batteries just get deader than a doornail and nothing flat. Deader than a doornail? Yes. Is that a... Okay, keep going. I'm going to look up if that's an actual... I thought it was deader than a doorknob, but what does that even mean? Okay, keep going. Anyway, so we found these Apple iPhone cases. The problem was is they're not cheap because they're Apple. So go figure. But I had one on my iPhone 7 that I had saved after my iPhone 7 died. And the case that I had had on my iPhone 8 basically disintegrated because I used it so much. The rubber starts coming off after It was literally disintegrating. (laughs) And every time you would use it, it's like more rubber would fall off in your hand. And so I replaced it with that one that I had saved and that rubber started coming off and disintegrating. Because it was not in very good shape when I started using it anyway. So I went ahead and replaced it a few weeks ago and got a different battery case off of Amazon because I didn't want to spend the money on the Apple case and found out that that case didn't hold charge very well, it didn't charge very fast, didn't work with CarPlay, and it just was really inconvenient with how we have things set up. So I bit the bullet and got an Apple genuine Apple iPhone battery case, and it's working very well. We love these so much that I actually shared about this. I believe it was near the beginning of the podcast as something that's saving my life. But I do have a question. How come mine is not disintegrating like yours? Mine has never disintegrated like yours. I think it's because I put mine in my pocket and you don't. Interesting. I think it's the friction from, because I'm constantly putting it in and taking it out of my pocket and you don't. 
you lay it down or put it in your purse or something like that. That's true. Okay. I am wrong. I looked it up. Can Can you repeat that phrase, please? Deader than a doornail is actually a phrase. It's dead as a doornail is a phrase which means not alive, unequivocally deceased. The term goes back to the 1300s. The phrase dead as a doornail is found in poems of the time and was used in the 1500s by William Shakespeare and in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol in 1843. So I stand corrected. Are you saying that I'm cultured? Apparently, because I'm sure all the people who have memorized A Christmas Carol when I said that were like, Crystal, really? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Just had to correct myself. Can well, you hey, just a second? Can you repeat those three those those three words again? You know what? We already have it recorded. I think we're good. <laughs> I don't hear them very often, so I just that I would just just kind of relish. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm just I'm just let sitting your ears here, just sit just there and just soak that it, in. Yep. <laughs> well, what's saving my life this week is actually a conglomeration of things. I put together a post of my top ten favorite baby products. This is a request that we have gotten over and over again. And I thought it was high time after what it's been almost eight months. Well, almost seven months that we've had two babies, but almost eight months that we've had a baby in our home again after 11 years. And so I put together some of our very favorite baby products this time around. Some of them are ones that we loved Last time, some of them are ones that weren't in existence 11 years ago because a lot has changed. So we will link to those in the show notes if you are interested. This would be great if you are needing to buy a gift for someone who has a baby or who is having a baby. If you're you know, wanting to get something that's unique or something that just has a lot of great reviews and is tried and true, and I have tried it and said, yes, it lives up to all of the hype on the internet. And I'm also a minimalist. So you can know that these things on this list are not just gadgets and gizmos that, you know, oh, it's kind of nice to have. These are ones that they are of all the different things that I've tried. I just stand behind them 150% and we've used them over and over and over again. So we'll link to that in the show notes. What are you reading right now, Jesse? Well, I'm not actually I take that back. I have started reading a book. Got it for my birthday and it's called Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw, who's a US representative from Texas. Who um, got it for you for your birthday? I think you did. Really? I I'm still waiting for my birthday present from you, just a reminder that Um, it's on the deck. Actually, no. <laughs> you did you did it, yeah, it was just only a little late. it was only a month late, but but that's okay. He got me he got me deck furniture. That was the the one thing. And and I did get you something else besides a book. Let's just yes. put that out there. Yes. Yeah. Got you to the car mats. Okay. But anyway, I digress. So I've start, started reading that book and it is, it purports, I haven't, I've read the introduction and to be more of a, I've heard it's a mix between Jordan Peterson and Jocko Willink and what the book is about. So I'm looking forward to that one. But I'm also listening to a book. That's why I was thinking I hadn't started a book. And that's Ted Cruz's new book that just came out called One Vote Away that discusses the different um, Supreme Court cases that he's been a part of and kind of gives backstory to a lot of those cases. And as attorneys, we like to talk about war stories. And they're kind of like war stories of of those appellate cases. So I'm finding it very interesting. 
Well, I just this morning finished reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but it was to the babies. Let's clarify that. I thought I had read this book to the kids aloud Mm -hmm. years ago. I I remember that yet. But I don't remember that. Well, one, it it has a little bit of crass language in it. Like I had to bleep out some things for the babies. But then two, I did not remember that it has all this fat shaming in it. The Oompa Loompas? Well, no. It talks about, like it describes people and it's describing their weight. Hmm. And so there were just multiple things like that that I was like, I don't know. Like This is a really well-known book. And I know it's just all in fun and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, if they were a little bit older, I'd, we would be definitely having a conversation about how that is not a nice way to describe people. And I don't even know. I was already halfway into it when I was just like, I don't know what I think about this book. But anyway, if you've read the book aloud or to your kids or read it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because it was kind of one of those that I, I wanted to talk to some other moms and be like, what do you think about this? Is this, does this open the door for good discussions on how not to talk to people or what do we do with all this? So anyway, there's some overthinking and overanalyzing of a children's book because I am well known at overanalyzing and overthinking things, but I did finish that. This morning with the babies, we also finished reading through Proverbs. Those were two goals that I had. I'd mentioned before, for when, before Champ went back to his mom, I wanted to finish those books. So we did. So now I'm going to pick a different children's book to start reading to them. Um, and hopefully it's going to be one that doesn't have words that I have to edit out. I was thinking about doing Little House on the Prairie, but then I also, kind of was like, maybe I should wait until she's a little bit older and we can really enjoy it together. Cause I really loved reading through those yeah. with the girls you whenever know, you, they were a little bit older. Like when they, I think they were maybe four or five, Catherine was four or five when we did it. And we just really, really enjoyed them. And she's just a little bit young to really be able to enjoy it. But I think just the exercise of reading aloud right. and establishing that habit and um, from the different therapists that we've talked to and doctors with champ, they really recommend reading aloud is so important. And so that encourages me not just to do the board books and the picture books, which they love, but mm-hmm. also to be reading books that are over their head that they can't exactly understand right now, but it's Oh, did you want to? Did you want to give a little review of the book? Did you like it? Yeah. Were you were you reviewing the book for them? So anyway, um, we will see. I'll keep you all posted on what book I choose. Let's dive into some good news, Jesse. And I talked about how this was inspired by suggesting it, writing in, and suggesting it. Which we love it when you email in and suggest topics for the podcast. But also I was with a group of women the other day, socially distanced, need to put that out there. And um, we were having a conversation about just some hard things in our lives. And at the end of kind of these heavy weighty things, I looked around and I said, does anyone have any good news to share? And it was just a good reminder that I think it is easy right now. There's a lot of heavy things in the world and it's not to sidestep that or to put our head in the sand, but we also, we have to keep living every day. And I think it's easy to focus on what's going wrong or what's hard and, and miss out on the fun and the beautiful and the just wonderful things to savor in front of us. So I'll start out with champ 
broke his first, not broke, I was going to say broke through his, he got his first tooth this week yes. and then he had another one that broke through. So they're Did just- Did they both break through? Yes. They're just barely, barely broken through right now, but I think give it another week or two and you're going to really be able to actually see it. So that was, that was exciting. And also he is starting to sit up, which we have worked for the last few months extensively in therapy and doing stretching and doing exercises and trying lots and lots of different things to get him to sit up. And he has just really struggled with the skill. And this past week he set up for, I believe it was at least four minutes long by himself unassisted. And that was really, really exciting. Well, one thing I was thinking about was in looking at the, this past year. Oh, we're doing the whole year, not the past few months. Then I got a lot more to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all, it's all in your mindset as far as what, what are you grateful for? What, what are you thankful for? Things that, especially, you know, have, having just had the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, I know we're looking forward to it here, but when you're listening to it, it's going to have, have been passed. But, you know, we were able to have a really good uh, baseball season this year for Silas, and I was able to help coach that team. And uh, it didn't turn out very well at the end as far as the tournament goes and, and our overall record. But it was really fun to see the boys come together and, and gel and, and just the character of, of the boys and the character of the parents and, we also had some characters as parents, but it, it was just made it for a very enjoyable experience this year. Well, and I was also thinking it's one of those things where we've just taken the ability to sign up for a baseball team mm-hmm. for granted. But this year for quite a while, baseball was shut down here yeah. and then they had to get creative and come up with ways to make it happen. And it was just, I think we appreciated it more mm-hmm. because of having that semi-normal. It wasn't conducted completely like normal, but, you know, having something that was just a a normal thing that we could look forward to in our lives when a lot of things had, have been shut down, that was just a blessing and a gift. And just for you to get to help be the assistant coach with some guys that you just really, really have a great relationship with. Mm -hmm. It's just cool to see that. I think it's such a great father-son thing. Another good piece of good news is that I turned in the final, final, final edits for my book that comes out in March. And I say final, 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 because for those of you who aren't familiar with the book writing process, you turn in a rough draft and then you get major edits to that rough draft. Really? Okay. <laughs> And then you make those edits and then you turn it back in and get some pretty major edits to that. And then you turn it back in and then you get some minor edits and then you move on to kind of more, you know, minor detail edits. And then you move into typos and then you move into um, when it's all laid out, how it's going to look in the inside of the book. And so I just signed off it was my last round of edits where it was all laid out in the book. And gratefully, I only found two things that I wanted to change. So it was just, that was exciting because after it's been months and months and months, mm-hmm. it was nine months of us considering me writing this book. And then I would say, I'm trying to think when I started, I, I signed the contract right around the time that I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then, so it's been almost a year. Yes another year of writing 
it. And so a long process. And then we still have a number of months before it actually comes out. But but that was exciting to have that part of it done. Yeah, well, and, and not only that, but it was also, I think, the best experience that we've had with you writing a book. Absolutely. And that was one of the reasons I wrote, I'd written three other books. My last book was in 2015. And at the end of when, after that book came out, I said, I'm not writing another book because it was just so much work and it was so stressful on our home and our family because (laughs) I ended up writing that one in the middle of the night. I woke up for a few months between 12 and four and wrote the book. And then I would go back to bed and sleep in which is not a real good sustainable lifestyle, but that's kind of what I had to do to make it work in the middle of working full time. And we were homeschooling at that point. And then also um, when the book came out, there was just so much stress of the book launch. And I felt like you guys got the leftovers of me and very stressed leftovers of me for a number of weeks. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Right. And so I'm just really grateful because we prayed so much and my publisher has just been so incredible to walk with me through this, to make sure that it's about the the book's topic is love centered parenting. And I said, I don't want to neglect my parenting and not be a love centered parent in the process Mm -hmm. of writing about it. And so we've just really work together to figure out how that can happen. And so I'm very excited that I've at least gotten this far and there have been a few stressful moments and yes, it's been, you know, responsibility and extra work and all that. But for the most part, it's been such a, such a joy. And I'm so excited about the book. I think Kirsten was wanting us to talk about her again. So she was definitely a good thing that happened this year, right? Yes. And she just started doing this sort of scoop crawl thing in just in the last few days. And so that's very exciting. She's been sitting up for quite a while and she's been kind of pulling up and she's been doing this sort of plank thing. But this week she figured out how she could actually move her body forward, which was funny because she learned how to move her body backwards first. She did a crawl backwards, but now she's actually doing this crawl forwards. It's not it's slow and tedious right now, but it's, um, I say, give her a few more weeks and she's going to probably be into everything. Is that that what you're thinking? One thing that happened this, just this past week that I was excited about was one of our girls got their braces off there for a little while. We had two girls in braces and like, yes, finally we're done (laughs) with one of them. Cause Catherine has been Two years, she said. Yeah. I couldn't keep track. I'm like, it feels like you. she's had braces on for forever. But yes, two years. So she was, it's hard. It's weird because it's like your child looks different yeah. without the braces on. But it, it it was worth it. And she's very grateful that she did it. And now it's Caitlin's turn. And then it'll be Silas. Yeah. Our, our four <laughs> children so far. Glasses and braces. It's just par for the course. Yep. Another thing I mentioned that we got to have family photos taken this week, which is funny because we, I know a lot of families do family photos every single year around this time to send out in their Christmas card. As far as I can remember, I don't believe we've ever done professional family photos except for that our parents have hired a photographer to come and do our entire extended family. And then we've gotten 
you know, individual yeah. family photos in, yeah. in that. And so it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. I, um, I, I can't think of a time when we ourselves got those, got professional photos. We just don't have photos hanging up and it just was never a, honestly, never a big deal for us. We have so many pictures and things uh, as to the, the days go along, candid shots, things like that. And professionally getting it done, it's just something we never really think about doing. And honestly, some of it is just the hassle. Mm-hmm. It, for me, my personality, the thought of getting everybody ready and looking presentable and having the photographer come and knowing that we're paying for this. And if they don't turn out, um, you know, it's just, it just felt like a lot of, a lot of work. And so we, it was just something that we decided that we wanted to do with champ leaving and really wanted to get some nice family photos, plus some pictures of him with each of the kids. Mm -hmm. And just to have that again, to just remember by, and maybe who knows, Maybe we're going to start hanging pictures on our walls. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking it'd be really cool to have a wall that where we just, you know, with any children that we foster, like a, a family photo with them and kind mm-hmm. of just to remember this season of our life by. And so um, one of the women who is another foster mom, she was telling me how just the thing that she's learned through fostering is the importance of marking moments. Mm -hmm. And she said there were some really pivotal moments in their fostering journey that she didn't get a picture of. And Mm -hmm. she looks back and she really regrets. And so that was one thing that when I ask around, you know, what would people recommend that we do? Cause this is our first time to go through this reunification thing. And they said, get family photos. You will never regret having photos of your family with, this child that you're fostering and Mm -hmm. just remembering that. And so we did that, which was really fun. And Jesse, you went out the day before and you got some adorable clothes for the babies. I think you had a lot of fun shopping. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. You got this little fedora for champ that is just, oh my goodness, I can't even, it was just the best thing ever. And got Kirsten some little boots and got them some matching clothes and you were on FaceTime with me and showing me the different things. And I'm like, I could spend a lot of money on baby clothes. Yeah. No, I was walking. I was there in the baby section for quite a while and was looking through the clothes and moving clothes into the cart and putting clothes back. And this lady was stalking the area and, and she was giving me a hard time. It's like, you know, I think you need to come work for us. You just keep like, you're, it's like you're floating around just looking at stuff. And it was pretty funny. Moving away from the baby topic, we also, it's this, we're in this weird season of where we have tiny ones and we have teens. And so we're doing the uh, teaching your teen how to drive thing, which I thought whenever we signed our marriage contract, there was a clause in there that said that you would be doing all of the driving lessons. Well, that was how it was supposed to be. But then you said I wasn't taking her out enough. And so you decided to go ahead and take her out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up. And she told me she said, "I don't, I don't think I want to go out with mom because you know she'll scare me or something." You know, coming up to an intersection, like whoa, 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 no, go, go. Because I do have a little bit of a history of doing that sometimes when you're driving. But I did save us from an accident the other day from a car that you didn't see, and had I not done that, so I mean, we do have to give me a little bit of credit for that. I'll give so. you credit for that one. 
But now I'm a little scared to drive with you because I'm wondering, is your eyesight going bad? Anyway, you were doing the driving with her, but Mm -hmm. she was wanting to go out more. And so last week she said, she asked if I would want to go out with her. and Which I was shocked by. I was a little shocked too. And I thought, okay, um, you know, we're just going to drive in the neighborhood. It's going to be okay. I'll, I'll, it'll be okay. This is a rite of passage as a parent, right? Yeah, yeah. But I actually really enjoyed it. And she did really well. And then she said, Mom, you're really chill. I didn't expect for you to be so chill. <laughs> and... So then she asked if we could start going out regularly. Okay. So we've, we've only gone out a few times, but I think that she said that I bring a different dimension to driving lessons than you do. And I think you're yeah. very detail oriented and you're very much a teacher at heart. So you're going to explain all of the rules and the laws and, and the why behind everything. Whereas I'm more of a granny driver. And so For instance, I was telling her, you know what? You're going to be turning right up there. And right now you're not in the lane to be turning right. And so there's no cars where you are right now, even though we're a few blocks away from where you need to be turning. Let's go ahead and get over because there could be cars when we get up there. So things like that, Mm -hmm. that's not how you operate. But I am a very cautious driver, I would say, although you're, you're, I don't know, you're Give me a look right now that maybe you disagree with that, but no, I don't disagree with that. I think I'm more of a, I, I, you are in more in the moment driver and it doesn't bother you to kind of be a little bit risky is not the right word, but maybe more of a normal driver <laughs> where you'll change well, lanes. Even, you know, if there's a car, like I have to be that there's no cars anywhere around and that, that I'm changing lanes if we're on a busy highway or something, yeah. you know, which that's why I don't like to drive on busy highways because it's really hard to find those, you know, so I'll just get behind the person who's going 10 miles under the speed limit. And I'm like, I'm not changing lanes because I'm just, it just, there's (laughs) not enough space here. So we're just going to go 10 miles under the speed limit. And that, that kind of stuff doesn't, you know, so I think that's why people wave at you all the time and honk, you know, (laughs) I don't know why there was honking at me. Um, but I would, I am just more of a, I guess, err on the side of caution and so really think through and take my time. And so I think it's good for her to just get both perspectives and then she Mm -hmm. can kind of figure out who who she is. So I'm more just sharing with her, okay, this is how I would think through things in this situation just to help her think of a different way because maybe that would work better for her or maybe it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. We all have different personalities, but that has definitely been something that I was never expecting that I would be doing. And um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. She turns 16 in January and she is very anxious to get her license. So yeah, new, new things, stepping out into new territories as parents. Mm -hmm. One more piece of good news that I wanted to share. I know we're just about out of time, but I have been doing this seminary class with a small group of women from church, and it is through the Bible Project on their site. I wasn't familiar, very familiar. I'm a little bit familiar with their work, but not super familiar before we started this. And it has been so good. And it's actually free on the Bible Project website. And I don't necessarily agree with everything in it, but it has made me think 
so much. It has challenged my perspective of scripture mm-hmm. and really brought so much of God's word to life for me. And I have read the Bible through many times because I started reading the Bible daily as a young child. And so I'm very familiar with scripture as a whole. And growing up in our homeschool curriculum, we studied the Bible at length every single day. But there's so much new stuff in this that I'm learning. And a lot of it is he's talking about the cultural context and how the Hebrew is written and what the narrative is in the Hebrew language by the words that are used and how they're pieced together. And it brings it to light in this way that you're like, wow, I've never seen it like that before. Mm -hmm. And it's just how it points so much to a redeemer and a rescuer, Mm -hmm. all the Old Testament, how it points to that. And that is just the whole goal of the Old Testament is to point to that. And he's just helping us to really start to grab hold of that and understand that more. And I feel like it's like you've been looking at a photo that was just flat mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you are starting to see little glimpses of it in 3D mm. and it's just wow. And it makes you feel like there's so much more to learn mm-hmm. and it's just exciting. And it's also been great to go through it with other women who have different perspectives because it gives you even more of this deeper, richer perspective on it because they're bringing in what they have gotten from the videos and then us talking about it together and asking questions and kind of digging into this together. So we'll link to that in the show notes. It's the Bible project and we're just doing the first class, but I think that we will continue on. They're going to be releasing some other classes and I think we're going to continue on and do some of the other ones together as well. And I've just loved doing something that's very outside of my normal everyday life mm-hmm. to just challenge my brain in a really good way. You know, while you were mentioning the about the Bible project, it made me thinking, um, you had said you, you don't necessarily agree with everything. And I think it's important to expose yourself to those things that you don't agree with to sharpen your skills and in, in your thinking. Um, I thought about the word picture, like when you're sharpening a knife, you don't sharpen it with a smooth stone, you sharpen it with a very coarse stone. So that way it gets that sharp edge and you polish it with a smooth stone. So being confronted with those things that you don't necessarily agree with will help sharpen your thinking and and figuring out what you actually do believe and why you believe it when you are uh, confronted with those things. Well, I think it's so easy to kind of get stuck in a rut where it's just like, well, this is what it is because this is what I've always thought it is and this Mm -hmm. is just what it is. And this has been good because I feel like he comes at it from such a different perspective that it does challenge me. And for the most part, as we've dug in and as he's explained things, I start to be like, oh, yes. But I never come at something holding someone up on a pedestal being like, they know everything and Mm -hmm. I'm going to just, you know, take everything that they say and believe it 100%. And I hope that everyone listening does the same. Just like when you listen to podcasts, like this podcast, don't take everything that you hear and just be like, well, I respect this person or I 
feel like I am have similar beliefs as this person. So then whatever they say, you're just going to hold it as the gospel. You know, right. I just really challenge everyone, do your due diligence. This, I think of just in our current cultural climate, I've been reading, I talked about this, multiple news sources. And it is fascinating to see the bias that is in news. And if you just read headlines or you just get your news from one source, Mm -hmm. it is really, really probably not going to give you a complete and holistic picture Mm -hmm. of what's actually going on. And so I've been challenging myself to not just read headlines, to not just read one news article from one perspective, but mm-hmm. to go and read multiple perspectives and really dig into what was actually said. What are the actual facts? You know, and so that's just something in my life that has been very helpful and very insightful. And I just think as we, you know, head into a new year, who knows what the future is going to hold? There's a lot of conflicting views on a lot of different things and, you know, just to challenge yourself to not look to your guidance or your truth from one particular person. Um, so I just was thinking of that through the seminary class. I, it's just something that I'm learning in my own life and has been very, very helpful and beneficial. And then ultimately looking to the Lord and seeking him and the Holy, we have the Holy spirit in us as Christians. And so asking him to give us wisdom and to help us have clarity and peace in all aspects of our life. And I think that that is ultimately what allows us to be able to focus on the good news, Mm -hmm. even when there is a lot of hard news in the world. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we'd love to hear from you all. What is your good news right now? What are you celebrating? What are you excited about? What's something good that has happened in your life this week or this month or this past year? Send an email to us, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.